Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Hello, you wonderful lot. I am so thrilled you're here. And I know you're in for a treat today because I'm speaking to Sandra Tuma, who, well, Sandra's a a habits coach, but let me just introduce her first of all. She is an entrepreneur, a speaker, a coach, a podcast host, and an, wait for it, an award-winning documentary filmmaker. And she believes that our greatest responsibility is to share our stories so we can inspire and create possibility for others. Now, what's her superpower? Helping helping you choose faith in yourself, in the goodness of others, and in your power to make a difference in the world. Now, Sandra's passion is helping women realize that they are meant for more and to help them stop playing small. Oh, hello, sister. I need to speak to you. (laughs) Raised in a tiny mud hut in Zimbabwe with no running water or electricity, Sandra has never been one to let circumstances define her. And through her hard work and support from her village, she became a management consultant advising major global companies. And she then went on to build two successful companies of her own. Well, Sandra, thank you, my love, so much for being here. I'm I'm thrilled to see you and I can't wait to get this, this conversation running. I am so thrilled to be here. I'm so thrilled that we connected and I'm excited to have this conversation. Cool. Well, that's wonderful. But let's just let's just chat about a habits coach, because whenever I, and, and, and I know that you sort of, you know, when you sort of say you help um, companies, but also sort of women, when I think of habits, a lot of it is reach your goals and become successful. And how do you achieve, sort of attain high achievement? But it's more than that, isn't it? And, and so I, I, I sort of, I feel as though I need to work out habits for my lifestyle and habits for the way I want to live. So tell me how you would encourage someone like me who keeps on feeling as though I'm sort of, you know, walking through treacle. How how would you advise us mums, us parents to create healthy habits in a non-corporate way, if that makes sense? You know what, one of the things, whether it's corporate, whether it's, as you said, non-corporate, habits are the foundation of our lives. If you think about it, this morning when you got up, you probably got up, got out of bed, went to the bathroom, did exactly the same sequence of things that you did yesterday, the day before, the day before that. You didn't have to think about, oh, do I put the the toothpaste on the toothbrush? How do I get the toothbrush in my mouth? We do these things which are the foundation of our lives without even thinking about them. That's habits. And I know a lot of the time that habits get sexified and we only think about them in the sense of achieving these massive goals and you know being our best selves but it's all of the little things that we do every single day sometimes without thinking about it that form that are the foundation of our lives 
And, and for me, it really came from um, something that a coach of mine said several years ago. And he said to me, he said, you know, Sandra, everything you have, everything you don't have in your life is habits. So whether it be health, you know, if you're healthy or if you're not healthy, it's habits. If it's, you know, you, whether you have money in the bank or you don't have money in the bank, it's all, everything comes down to the things that you do consistently every single day. So there really isn't any part of our life that isn't touched by habits. I gave the example of brushing your teeth. That's habit. When you were born, when you were four years old, that wasn't a habit. You had to learn to, oh, every day, twice a day, I brush my teeth and, oh, I floss. How do I floss, right? Now you're not even thinking about it, but that's the power of habit. It's the things that we do without even thinking about it. It, it makes me laugh because you were sort of saying, and every day you wake up and try and you do the same thing. Not today for me, sorry. We, we couldn't have timed this better. I have a creaky, creaky lower back. And so when you said everything in our life is a habit, either we do or we don't do, um, that's me. I, I, I can feel my back seizing. And um, so therefore, I'm not flexible enough. And therefore, I'm not doing the right thing. So this morning, I sort of tentatively jumped out of bed. And I'm trying to get into the habit of doing yoga stretches or, you know, a yoga session every morning. I'm not very good at it, but today I did it. So here we are. I've now got your undivided attention. I need to find out from you, how the heck do I keep doing it? Because these habits, just like brushing your teeth. Yeah, I, I, I'm feeling, with my yoga, I'm feeling like a four-year-old because I don't want to do it. So how do we try and build this in so it does become, you know, sort of part of our day? So one of the most fundamental things, and it's something that I am so surprised that in school, in life, no one's ever taught us about, oh, habits and how do you create them and why do you have them? Um, And it wasn't until I started learning about habits and then actually um, got the opportunity to be mentored by a gentleman whose name is BJ Fogg. And BJ is probably one of the world's leading experts on behavior and also specifically habits. He has a fantastic book called Tiny Habits that I highly recommend people read. And just that title tells you tiny habits. That's the secret is all too often when we're trying to do something, we start mass, we start big, right? So, oh, I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to do an hour of yoga every day. And it's hard to keep that up. And so it's really thinking about when you're trying to create a new habit, starting small. Sometimes it might just be, you know what, I'm going to do, I don't know, um, two downward dogs or, you know, just start really small. So before we even get into the creating of the habit, I think one of the things that we need to understand is what is behavior? And I think if we start there, then it helps us understand why we do what we do or why don't we do what we we think we should be doing. So behavior, according to BJ Fogg, who um, is my mentor, is made up of three components. And he says, you can map literally any behavior to these three components. He says, the first is motivation, 
right? And so this is your how much or how little do I want to do the thing? And so if we use your example this morning, your motivation to do that yoga was high, right? Because you were in pain. Yeah. But if you wake up tomorrow and you don't have the pain, eh, the motivation's not going to be there. So motivation and willpower kind of are in the same bucket. There are things that we can't reliably rely on because you're not going to, no matter what your goal is, you don't wake up every day and feel the same level of motivation and excitement Mm -hmm. to get going. So it's looking about, okay, so motivation is the first part of what makes us do or not do what we, what we want to do. The A is ability. How hard or how easy is it for me to do the thing? So in your case, if we go back to your example, the yoga, you obviously made it easy for yourself because you could pop out of bed and do it right there by the side of the bed. So you're so right, because what, what I did was I, I thought I've got to have the least amount of friction here. So last night I put out my mat. So actually, if I was not going to do it, I was going to be walking over it in order to get to the door. So that was automatically and, and that it did. It, it made me realize, oh, OK, it's here for a reason. Come on. There's one less excuse not to do it. So you're quite right. I, I made it easier for myself. Yeah. Bingo. You, you, you see, you're a habits expert without even knowing it. So <laughs> you knew that if you made it easier for yourself yeah. in the morning to do, you would be more likely to do it. If the mat was down in the basement or up in the attic and you got to put, you're not going to do it. Yeah. So A is about ability. So how hard or how easy is it for me to do the thing? And in your case, it could also be ability in terms of how hard or how easy are the exercises. Yep. So if I said to you, I need you to do an inversion first thing in the morning, stand on your head or headstand, eh, you're probably not going to want to do that. But if I said, you know, just do some cat cows or just do some downward dog. Yeah, you, you can see yourself doing if that's that. That's more manageable not, for me. You're quite it's right. more manageable. So that's the A part of habits, of behavior rather, is ability. So M is all about your motivation or your willpower. A is all about ability, how hard, how easy is it for you to do the thing. And then P is another thing that you nailed without even knowing you're nailing it, prompt. So no behavior happens unless there's a prompt, unless there's a cue, unless there's a trigger to say, do the thing, right? So in for us brushing our teeth, in the, like I, I talked about in the mornings, our prompt is the fact that you got out of bed and went to the bathroom. So you're in the bathroom. Oh, I should brush my teeth. That's yeah. without even knowing it. You have visual cue. You have the fact that you have situational cue. You're in the bathroom. Oh, yeah, I should brush my teeth. Then that's your cue to do the behavior. In your case this morning, you your cue, like you said, and you said it so brilliantly, <laughs> the fact that you set out the mat. So that was your prompt because you would have had to walk over the mat. And so you reminded yourself in the morning that, oh, you need to do your yoga. So that is the beginning of how you create habit is looking at, okay, motivation. I can't reliably rely on it because some days I feel it, some days I don't. So what can you do with the other two factors? Make it easier for yourself and give yourself a prompt. And those two together, two of the three together will help you kind of solidify, okay, I've got to do this thing. I've got to do the habit. 
there's something else though related to habits that um you know that you that'll make it easier easy and habits too comes from repetition yeah comes from the more you do it like again like the brushing your teeth your your mom or your dad or your parent reminded you over and over hey did you brush your teeth hey did you brush your teeth and then it just becomes routine but there are three things as well that you can think about when it comes to how do you solidify how do you anchor in a habit so and it's easy as I like to think of it as easy as A, B, C. And again, this is something that I learned from BJ Fogg. So the A is all about having an anchor. Right. What is your reminder to do the thing? So like I said, for you, your anchor today was the fact that the mat was there, but that was also a prompt. An anchor could be while you're doing something else. So it could be whenever I get out of bed first thing in the morning, I will do X. That's your anchor, something that's reliable in your routine. After I use the bathroom, what I will brush my teeth or whatever. So having something when I'm boiling, while I'm boiling the kettle, I will do two push-ups. Or a good one that I hear a lot of women use is while I'm waiting for the coffee pot to um to heat up, I will journal finding something yeah. in your day that's reliable, that happens reliably and using that as your anchor, as your reminder to do the thing. I, I was listening to, um, there was, it was another podcast along the, exactly the same lines and sort of um, women of a certain age, myself included, um, struggle uh, with pelvic floor issues, you know, especially after you've had kids and everyone's going, God, I can never remember. And so one, one woman was sort of saying, whenever I hit a stop sign, that's when I sort of do. But so, and someone else was saying, well, yeah, come on a minute. We're in the middle of lockdown. So it's oh, okay. Well, whenever I boil the kettle. So you're quite right. It is. It's, it's sort of trying to, it's, it's just sort of anchoring in or tr- triggering as a, I guess another reminder, isn't it really? Absolutely. It's another trigger. It's another reminder. It's another cue for you to do the behavior. So A is about find an anchor, something reliable that will be like, oh, your reminder. And sometimes there isn't anything that's reliable. So then you have to resort to setting your reminders in your phone. So you have an alarm that says, hey, every day at 12 o'clock, take your tablets or whatever the thing is. Or then that's a good one, actually, for a lot of people um, who have to take medicine at a regular basis, anchoring it to times of day, certain activities. After I eat my lunch, I will take my medicine or, you know, those kinds of things. So A is have an anchor. Um, But the one caution I would have with setting timers or setting reminders is it can get overwhelming. So if you have your phone binging, binging, binging constantly all over the place to remind you to do things. You also get, I guess, notification fatigue. Oh, and so totally. You can start I am to that ignore, woman. Right? Yeah. You can start yeah. to ignore those reminders. So just being careful about yeah. what am I using and is this something that could either get, get annoying or that I can easily ignore? And then the B is do the behavior, right? So do the thing, the habit, whatever it is. Is it the workout? Do the yoga? Is it take the tablets? Is it you know, whatever the thing is that you're trying to anchor and have it go to the, well, I guess nowadays we're not going to the gyms, but, you know, work out, whatever it is, um, do the behavior. Again, remembering to make it as easy for yourself as possible and start small. 
I think this, I cannot emphasize enough. Yeah. We're way over ambitious when we start changing. Like I'm going to change everything about myself. Uh, yeah, that's kind of hard to do. Start small. That's, that's, that's what we do. Sorry, I'm talking across you, but that, that's what we do in um, at the beginning of the year, isn't it? With our New Year's resolutions, I'm going to lose 10 pounds and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it's the new me. And you're quite right. We, I mean, it's fatigue immediately. And 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 we have some such sort of, we, we suffer from delusions of grandeur in the fact that we feel that we are, because it's the 1st of January, we feel motivated. And yet we don't realize that actually well it's you know the statistics prove it don't they that we're actually by sort of two or three weeks in we've all sort of fallen off the wagon anyway it's it's statistics say i was reading something i think is it from scranton university that said um i could be wrong which university was but it said that only eight percent of people who set a goal ever achieve it like eight eight percent of people set a goal and will ever get there and part of it is because, A, we start too big and we fizzle out, we run out of motivation. Um, and B, we really haven't thought about how to sustain it. And that's why habits, I mean, creating habits is for really the secret source, I think. Creating habits, but starting small. Yes. And, and yeah. If we go back to the habits, so I said that habits are about A, B, C. So A is having an anchor, B, do the behavior, make it easy to do. The C is something I had never heard spoken about until I started working with BJ, and it's celebrate. Celebrate Ooh. yourself. Ooh. And what he says is the reason a lot of us don't. Um, you know, don't achieve or don't stick with the thing is because you do it and then you don't even acknowledge yourself. We hardly ever celebrate ourselves for our achievements. And so he says that the psychology of your brain is that when you celebrate, it releases feel-good hormones. I think it's dopamine that gets released. And it tells your brain, oh, she was happy. She celebrated when she did this thing. Let's do it again tomorrow. Let's do it again. Right? Oh, that's because our little think, reward. Yeah. It's our reward. And what he said, because I've read a lot of books about habits, which said, oh, you should reward yourself. What he said, which was such a great analogy, and I hope I don't offend anybody by saying this, but he said, think about when you're training a dog, right? Or even a baby, right? When the first time a baby stands up or is trying to stand up, let's use that example. When the baby kind of pulls themselves up and and they kind of have that moment of, oh my gosh, I'm standing up. What do we all do? We celebrate like, yay, you're standing. Oh my gosh. And then they immediately fall down, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then they cry. But that moment of celebration to the baby is like, oh, that was good. I should do that again. Yeah. And if you think about our pets, so if you think about a dog, right? When your dog obeys the command, when you're teaching them to sit or stay and they do the thing, you give them a treat right away, right in that moment. So the dog starts to associate, ah, I, I did this thing and I got a treat. Must be good. Must do it again. Yeah. So you're no different in that in that instant when you've done the thing, when you finished doing your yoga this morning, celebrate. Like, oh, yes, I yes. just did that. Because tomorrow it'll be like, oh, remember how good you felt after you'd done the yoga? Let's do it again. And so, and celebrating can be, it doesn't mean to anything. It can yeah. be 
mentally just think, oh, good job. I did that. Or pat yourself on the back or do a little happy day. Whatever it is for you, do a little celebration when you do the habit. That's one of the fastest ways to keep yourself coming back to the habit. Keep doing it until it becomes thicker nature and you don't have to think about it anymore. That's so cool. And having said that, and and this is, this is, very relevant to things like me starting yoga or let's say someone wanting to lose weight or kids trying to study for their exams or whatever they have that goal in mind and so what do we do because I know this is very relevant for you because you told me earlier that you um have just trained as a meditation um teacher or coach but if we're sort of talking because I know we can also we, we were sort of chatting that we can have habits for a better lifestyle or habits that sort of help us maybe, you know, we're, we're, we're on a parenting podcast, habits that sort of maybe stop the friction at home or, you know, when we see flashpoints and we're about to sort of start yelling at one another, it, I guess it's mindfulness, isn't it? But, you know, how do we, how do we build those sort of habits in to just help us maybe take a sort of more relaxed approach or whatever it is, rather than here is my goal, here is my finite finite thing of achievement. It's just coping with struggles or, or procrastination or stuff like that. How do we deal with that sort of thing, which, you know, is all about human nature? Yeah. You know, that's a, such a great question. And I think it all goes down to, I think one of the things that we often think about when we, when I say the word habit, most of us think immediately of doing things, yes. right? So it's like yeah, doing, and yet our thoughts are habits too. The way right. we think is a habit, a habit that has, you know, grown over years and years. You had a thought once, then you had that thought again. And that's, that's one of the things, even with things like anxiety, of course, absolutely, there are biological and hormonal and all kinds of things that, you know, that um, contribute to that. And so for those, absolutely go get medical help. But a lot of the times our ways of reacting to situations, our ways of thinking about situations is habit-based. So if you're someone who is used to you know, catastrophizing things to, to, oh my gosh, the, you think your mind immediately goes to the worst possible scenario. That's habit because you've done it and you've done it again and again and again. And so the same as you created the habit to undo the habit is to think a different thought. And one of the things that with mindfulness um, we teach is the fact that your breath is, is your greatest asset. In, in a moment when you're feeling overwhelmed, out of control, literally just taking a moment, the pause, just a pause before you, you know, yeah. if you're a mom and the kids are on your last nerve, before you react, just take a, take a moment, like literally count in your head to five. That's one of the, the simplest things is breathe and count to five because it's all habit-based. If you're someone who is an angry person that comes from habit it's it could be something you learned growing up where in the home that you grew up in you saw modeled for you that oh when things don't go according to plan or whatever this is how i i react and so it's become habit and as with anything else you never change by feeling bad about yourself like you can never create change 
from beating yourself up, at least not lasting change. You might be able to create temporary change, but you can never beat yourself up into change. And so it's really a acknowledging. So if I'm a mom and I tend to get angry when the kids act out, acknowledging, you know, I'm feeling angry right now. Start with that. And that does not make me a bad person. It just means in this moment, I'm having angry thoughts when I'm feeling angry. And that's okay. Normalizing the fact that you're not the only one who feels angry or you're not the only one who feels overwhelmed. And then from that place of giving yourself grace, giving yourself grace to then say, okay, how can I do different? How can I be different? And that's the starting point. And again, starting small, it might be, you know, today the kids were on my last nerve, but I, you know, I only yelled at them five times instead of 10 times. (laughs) Acknowledge yourself for that. Like Mm -hmm. actually acknowledge that, oh, you know, normally I would have blown up all day, but I only blew up a little bit. Give yourself credit for the good that you did. We never, never stop to praise ourselves. We're yeah. always so hard on ourselves. Because I, I had um, actually a, a call just before um, us speaking today. I had a, a little chap. He was 12. And he said um, he, he was talking about his anxiety. And he sort of says, you, you know, that he's he, he's he said, I was fine this time last year. And now something, I do, he said, I don't know what's happened, but whenever I get a negative thought, I seem to collect them all and I sort of, and they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and I don't know what to do. And you're quite right. That was, and my response is, well, you've learned how to do that. So let's unlearn it. Um, and so I think the thing is, because when we, uh, as adults or kids, when we see these negative feelings or the behavior that we don't want coming along, we we sort of, it, it, it can be a bit scary. Or we do, we tend to beat ourselves up, don't we, that this is wrong and I'm feeling bad, so it's shame on me. And actually, it's all part of life, isn't it, Sandra? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. It is all a part of life. And I think that There's so much, you know, like we, especially in the world that we live in now, where we're in a social media world where everybody's putting out their, you know, perfectly sanitized, perfectly filtered image of what their life is. It makes us when we have these, you know, when you're a mom and you are angry and lash out at your kids or when you're a partner and it makes you feel like, oh, it must just be me because everybody else is living this perfect life. And so it's very isolating and shame lives and dwells in the dark and isolation, right? Then it grows, right? Then you start to, and a beautiful description that I heard is that shame is when you make, it's not about, I did a bad thing. It's when you own, when you almost embody it and say, I am a bad person. Yes. You may, it sort of starts shaping you as the way you see yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And so as with habits, again, it is, okay, I, how can I start small? What, what little goal, what little step can I take today that will help me? What little response can I, you know, how can I respond differently today? Give yourself credit on the days that you do whatever the new behavior is. And on the days that you didn't give yourself grace and recognize you're human and try again tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Every every day is a new day. In fact, in, in meditation, one of the things they teach is that every breath 
is a new opportunity. Oh, to wow, start that, that is short term. That's fantastic. That just who you were a breath ago, you can choose a breath later to be different, to do different. And so that is really how to frame it is, yeah, I lost it a moment ago. Let it go. Now, what can I do different going forward? Can we talk about meditation? Because my son has just been diagnosed recently um, with ADHD. And his comment was, I've got blimmin' bees in my head. He said, it just never seems to stop. And he said, there are so many well-meaning people saying, well, what you need to do is meditate. And he just sort of says, I, I, I don't know how to, I don't know what, you know, I must be doing it wrong. I can't calm anything down. And so to actually, I mean, how reassuring to sort of say, you, you don't even have to sort of start looking at the minutes, you can start looking at the breath. But how how could I encourage him that, because I'm rubbish at it, and you know, at meditation, I think most people can relate. But how can I sort of encourage him? Because I think meditation is one of the big answers, isn't it? Med, you know, and this is where I just want to make the distinction. So there's meditation, which has the elements of, you know, depending on what type of meditation it is, could have elements of spirituality and, and all of that kind of stuff. Then there's mindfulness. And so that's where I like to kind of differentiate. So you can have mindfulness without meditation, but you cannot have meditation without mindfulness. And mindfulness is really about awareness is bringing your awareness to this moment. It's literally, where am I right now? What am I thinking right now? And that's it. And so with your son, that you, most people, you see, we've been sold this image that, oh, meditation and mindfulness is about, you know, sit perfectly in lotus position, you know, with your hands together and, and chant all these mood, whatever mantras and all of this kind of stuff. And, and empty your mind is what they say. Empty your mind. Well, good luck with that, right? Yeah. Because your mind is going to fight you because your mind, the reason your mind is thinking all the thoughts is its job is to keep you alive. And it knows if I snooze on the job, I will lose this person. So it's just doing its job. There's nothing wrong with the fact that you have all these thoughts. Your mind is doing its job. And so what mindfulness does is allow you to be present, allow yourself to still yourself, be quiet and be present to what am I thinking? I think that one of the most powerful things that we can think about is the fact that we are not our thoughts. We are the thinker of our thoughts and make that distinction that you think the thought, you're not the thought, like the thoughts, you can control what you're thinking. And mindfulness is just about bringing that awareness to not even getting to a point of, oh, let me empty my mind and think nothing. No, no, just being aware that, oh, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, that's how I'm feeling. Oh, that's what I'm feeling. That's it. I'm permanently sitting there going, there's a thought. No, 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 push it away, push it away, because I'm meant to have a blank mind. I'm meant to be really zen here. And then, yeah, and so I've I've just got all this confusion, and I'm trying to push it all out, and actually it's allowing it to drift on by, isn't it? That's when you have the worst experiences, is when you're trying to, no, 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 I don't want to think about it. Push it away, push it away. Don't think think anything. Yeah. How do you think nothing? You know, it's it's a very... 
And so it really is just starting from that place of, I'm just going to be present to what I'm thinking. So observing almost as if you're removed, as if you're out out of your body watching. Oh, I'm thinking about what's for dinner. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking about the argument I had with my husband yesterday. Just observe. That's the starting point. Start there. Don't start with the, oh, let me empty my mind and think nothing. No, no, no. Just start with bringing awareness to what am I thinking? How am I feeling? And where am I right now? That's it. That's where you start. And one of the other things too is, I think there's this misnomer that, oh, the longer you meditate or the more, the better it is. A minute, literally four breaths. If you just do four breaths, you've practiced mindfulness, just bringing yourself to, okay, breathing in, breathing out, breathe in, breathe out. Like obviously slower than that, like that's it. That's mindfulness. That's where you start is with a minute. And then when that feels good, two minutes, that feels good, but never getting to a point of where it feels uncomfortable, where it feels forced. Because then again, to the point that we're talking about habits, anytime you make something hard, you're not going to want to do it again. So if you force yourself to sit on your mat for 20 minutes and it's the most uncomfortable 20 minutes of your life, do you want to do it again tomorrow? Mm, Probably not. Yeah. Right. So it's start where you are. No judgment. Like do a minute, breathe. That's it. I'm just going to focus on breathe in, breathe out for a minute. Set a timer. That's mindfulness and then growing from there. So I think the trick is, is self-compassion and to be kind to ourselves. Is that, is that it? Is it's, as, it's cause I think we do, we raise the bar so high, don't we? We have such high expectations that um, we're nearly setting ourselves up for failure before we even start. We do set ourselves up for failure. We absolutely do because we're setting these impossible goals for ourselves that are based on what works for somebody else. And I think that for me has been fundamentally one of the the key things that I want people to remember is that what works for Joe, what works for Jane may not work for you, right? It's, it's, that's great that it works for them, but you do you, you know, what feels good, you know, it should never feel bad. And like I said, you can never change yourself from feeling bad about yourself. So when you've done one minute, that's great that Joe can do an hour of meditation a day, bless you, but I can do a minute and give myself credit for that and give myself grace. You know, one of the things too, that um, talking about habits and our habits of thought is our habits of how we speak to ourselves, Ooh, right? The internal hello. dialogue yeah. that happens all day, every day, all the thoughts, all the things that we say. And I would say, I would challenge people and say, would you say what you say to yourself to somebody else? Would you say that to even someone you didn't like? We probably wouldn't, right? We're so unkind to ourselves and we beat ourselves up. And like I said, we never celebrate ourselves, but we know, boy, if I asked you right now, Tell me 10 things you did well over the last week. You maybe might be able to, but if I said, tell me 10 things you didn't do right over the last week. Oh, oh my oh. gosh, you 
Yeah. Write me a list, right? Yeah. Because we always focus on the negative. So really switching your mindset and thinking about how can I be kind to myself? What kind words can I say to myself in this moment? And how can I, like you said, give myself grace, give myself compassion? So habits are a way of getting us into the right frame of mind, for want of a better phrase, to help us get better results. Okay. Um, And I know motivation, ability, and prompt, and ABC, um, anchor behavior and celebrate. I've got, uh, and and I'll put those in the show notes because that's brilliant. But there's always, or maybe there's, no, I won't say there's always that little, there's often a little bit inside of us that is dragging our feet, that is procrastinating. So how do we, I know that we've got that framework, but how do we stop that procrastination? How do we, or, or is it a matter of, yeah, okay, well, it didn't work out today, let's try tomorrow? Or I, because I, I do try sort of, you know, very hard to do lots of things, but it's the things in fairness, Sandra, that I don't enjoy so much that tend not to get done. So, and, and some of these things have to be done in fairness. Um, so how do we get around that? Congratulations, you're human. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you passed the test. There's absolutely things like for us, you know, to, in, in, I mean, like if you think about taxes, right? In, we have to c- complete taxes. You have to submit your taxes. You have to oh. do your, reconcile your bookkeeping. All of those things are things that uh, I don't really like to do. And that's perfectly normal. What you can do is, first of all, understand, again, back to yeah. self-awareness, understand the root. Why don't I want to do this thing? Is it because it's too hard for me to do? Is it because I feel like it's going to take so much time for me to do? Is it because I don't have the skills to be able to do it? It's go and understand what's at the root. If it's a case of, you know, I don't like doing my taxes or my bookkeeping, then it, it might be, okay, is this something that I could feasibly delegate? Oh, right? So yeah. the procrastination isn't the dirty word that we like to necessarily make it is telling you something. There's some resistance there. So if it's something that, well, I have no choice but to do, it's really looking at, okay, what could I delegate? Could I get, so could I hire a bookkeeper to do this thing for me? Can I eliminate it? Is this something that I could just not do? Is it something that I could make time for in the day? And here's the big thing that I think with a lot of tasks that happen is it's, it feels overwhelming because, oh my gosh, it's going to take me four hours to do this thing. Maybe look at how could I break it up into smaller chunks? How could I do small pieces? Something that has revolutionized revolutionized my life has been doing something called the Pomodoro method. Oh yes, I love it. Yes. Right. And so explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the way that I do it, I don't know if this is how the Pomodoro people explain it, but you can Google them. They have a whole website with a whole bunch is when I know that I only have to work on this thing for 25 minutes. It's much easier for me to focus on Okay, 
for 25 minutes, I'm going to shut off all the reminders and all the things, and I'm just going to focus on my bookkeeping. And the motivation for me is the fact that I only have to do it for 25 minutes. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the time it's so daunting because like, oh, it's going to take so long. Set a timer or something else. That's a huge thing for me that I hate doing. I hate putting away the laundry, folding the laundry and putting stuff away. So what I do for myself is I set a timer and I'm like, I'll give myself 15 minutes to put away as many things as I can put away in that 15 minutes. And I'll make it as enjoyable as possible. So in my case, I love music. I put on some good music, I set the timer. I do 15 minutes, whatever I've done in those 15 minutes, that's it. My promise to myself is at the end of 15 minutes, if you don't feel like doing it anymore, don't. Right. And so that gives you permission, but I think it really stems from doing the self-awareness, being self-aware about why am I feeling resistance about doing this thing? It might be, you don't really want to do it. Like, yes. and, and if it's possible not to do it, hey, don't do it. Right. Maybe that's why you're procrastinating, or it could be telling you that I don't feel ready or now is not the time, or you're having some feeling, some intuition about it not being right. So it's really comes down to self-awareness. Why am I feeling resistance? You're, you're quite, and, and I'm just sort of thinking about the Pomodoro method. I, that, with my um, students, you know, the, the, the young kids, I sort of advise them to do that for their um, study because they sort of go, oh, well, I've got sort of X hours of, you know, homework or revision and, and, and that work. And actually, funnily enough, that's what my, my daughter, without realizing it, she does her exercise that way. And she's sort of, you know, and she sort of says, well, I'm just going to break it up because she like, likes rowing, but I'm just going to sort of break it up into 5K sort of chunks. And invariably, she sort of, you know, and she, she's like you, she puts the music on and that's great. So she does the first 5K. And sort of just gets to the end of the song, and then oh, then I'm I'm halfway there, so I'll just you know I just do a little bit more. Yeah, and it works, doesn't it? It just sort of it keeps you going, I guess. And Um, it's like it gives from a from science perspective that has a name. It's called success motivation. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so once you you've done the thing for five minutes, it's like oh, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I did five. Maybe I'll do another five. Yeah. So that's what you want to build up is success motivation. Same thing with when you're procrastinating, set the timer, do say, I will only do this thing for five minutes, 10, whatever the time is that you want to set at the end of that decide, do I want to keep going? Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. Do I not want to keep going? Okay, great. I did my 10 minutes. I'm done. Right. I think that, and that's so, that's so important because we do this high expectations and success and failure. And Alice, you know, the first time she came off the rowing machine and she said, I've just done 20K. And it was hallelujah for flip's sake. And she explained how she did it. And then the next time she got on, she said, no, 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 I'm just letting you know, it's not going to be 20K every single time. And, you know, I said, bravo, you know, well done for acknowledging that. Because, you know, sometimes we'd sort of think, well, if I did it the first time, I've got to keep on going and I've got to stay at that. And it's no, you don't actually go back to the, you know, sort of let's start up the 5K. And if it goes to 10 or if it goes to six or whatever, bingo, you've you've done really well. So I think it's still readjusting our own expectations, isn't it? And, you know, we might have a huge success or celebration once, but it doesn't mean we have to maintain it at that level either. 
You're so right. You know, one of my favorite books of all time is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Oh, wow. And, yes. And he, one of the agreements is always do your best, right? But he says that your best will be different from day to day. So today I might feel super motivated and do 20K. Tomorrow, maybe I'm tired. Maybe I'm just whatever. Be kind to yourself. Just do your best. If today your best was 2K, great. You yeah. did it, right? Yeah. Just and, and again, celebrating yourself for every little milestone. I think that's the piece that, gosh, let's celebrate ourselves more, right? Let's be proud of ourselves more. Yeah. And I think I, I'm, I, I've had that book on my shelf for, I, I kid you not, years. And I've literally, for whatever reason, it sang to me, you know, the other day. I, I'm literally only a quarter way through. I've just finished the first agreement. But that's all about sort of, and, and you you touched on it, about being kind to yourself and, and sort of, you know, just... It, it's our thoughts that it's it's sort of it's well it's he I think he talks about our words isn't it and and so do you know do the best with your word but that could be spoken or you you know your thinking word and we have to remember to be kind to ourselves and to others in fairness you know um it, it's all very well we we sort of sit there and have you know expectations but we need to as parents as well understand that we might be struggling or we might be procrastinating or whatever, but our kids are going through just the same or so are our other halves or whatever. So it's yeah. just to be kind, isn't it really? It, it is to be kind. And, you know, something just triggered a thought in my head about something we were speaking about earlier and you're talking about anxiety. Yeah. And the reason it, it, I, it, I kind of thought about it is, you know, the, the past year and a half has been so difficult for all of us. And as parents, I think one of the things we have to also recognize is just as it's been so difficult for us and we've been trying to keep it all together, I cannot imagine for kids how hard it's been too. You know, like their whole lives have been upended and that feeling of uncertainty. And even yeah. if they don't have the words, they feel that that unsettledness and that energy or whatever you want to call it. And I think one of the most powerful things that we can do when it comes to dealing with anxiety and stress and depression is actually using the power of habits to create routines, create routines for ourselves in our life. Because what that does for us is in an unsettled world where you don't know from day to day, are we on lockdown? Are we not on lockdown? Are we whatever all the things are that are going on in your world, whether it's work, whether it's whatever, it's knowing that you have this little bubble where you have some level of control. So if you can create for yourself a morning routine to say, you know, every morning when I get up, I'm kind to myself and I spend some time doing something nice for myself. So at least you've created some bubble of routine, creating routine around, for example, mealtimes with your kids, um, you know, making sure that you're eating at the same time. And so they have some predictability as well in their it's, life. It's, it's, right. it's a bit like it, that's sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, isn't it? It's, it's the certainty and the predictability because at the minute everything is quite messed up and it's very yeah. unpredictable. And so for us just to, even in our own four walls, just to create that sort of degree of stability, predictability, it just, it, it, it calms that monkey mind a bit, doesn't it? 
It absolutely does because, oh, okay, I know what I, I know what's happening next. It, it, within the realm of what you can control, figure out what you can control and create yeah. routine around that. So that definitely, for me, certainly I found myself at the beginning of, of um, you know, lockdown and all of that going into anxiety yeah. because first of all, I was constantly on the news and then there's that ticker and it's like this many people and it's just overwhelming. And so I, for myself, decided, you know what, I wasn't going to watch the, the news. That's one habit <laughs> I've stuck to. You're quite right. Yeah. <laughs> because it is just doom and gloom all day yeah. long. And so finding other ways for me to feel a semblance of control in my day has really just helped me so much. My word, this this is action packed. It's it's full of wonderful. This episode is full of wonderful advice and um, lots of stuff that I shall put in the show notes. Sandra, how can people get hold of you or learn more about you if if they want to? Please, love. First of all, I want to before I tell you how to get hold of me, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for creating this beautiful space to support people on their journey, to give people tools. Because you're absolutely right. One of the things that, you know, we all need are more tools to help us navigate life, right? No one, this is one thing that I'm always amazed by is, you know, when you have a baby and at the hospital, they kind of hand you this human being and it's like, good luck. Have a nice life. Seriously. <laughs> look, look at look at the advice we get on how to work an iPhone, for goodness sake. And then they <laughs> hand us a human and they go, well, it's over to you now. And yeah. <laughs> I want to say thank you. Like anytime that I meet people who are putting good out into the world and helping people navigate sometimes very difficult life situations, I am so grateful. I'm truly so grateful. In terms of where you can find me, I hang out a lot on Instagram. So you can find me. Um, it's my first name, dot last name. So Sandra.chuma. And my last name is spelled C-H-U-M-A. Um, I also have a website and my website is sandrachuma.com. And so Wonderful. those are the best and easiest ways to get hold of me. And I, I love to hear from people what their takeaways were. Yeah. What what they learned, what what they're going to apply. So please That's brilliant. Love to well, hear. My love, thank you so much because um, I've learned a lot. Um, and um, also I'm, I'm going to start celebrating a bit more. So thank you for that because you're quite right. We tend to sort of go, right, next, next, done that, next. And we stop, we forget to pause. So um, thank you. And um, so you've thanked me. I'm thanking you because it, this was a gem. So I really, really appreciate you sharing your message with us. So thank you. I am so grateful to you. Thank you for having me. That's soon. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times and I believe that it takes a village to raise a child and we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes 
and a good one, by the way. <laughs> because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love. <laughs>